Life Audio. One of the things that we see throughout the Psalms is that David spent a lot of time either running or hiding from enemies. And he spent time in the wilderness, and the scripture talks about it being a dry and parched land. And I think while many of us don't necessarily identify with running away from our enemies, we do understand what it means to be in a season of being in a dry and parched land or or being in in a season where we are thirsting and longing for something. And we can be searching and longing for God, or we can be searching and longing for other things. And the difference affects the outcome. So today we're going to talk about that and look at David's example when he was facing one of these situations. I pray this episode blesses you. After a quick word from our sponsor, we'll dive into today's episode. Stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what he says in his word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach. And I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with him and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. If you're just joining us, we are working our way through the Psalms because the Psalms was the prayer and hymn book of Jesus, and he mentions it more than any other book in scripture. And so we are spending our time working through the book of Psalms. Every week, we send out an email on Mondays that recaps the entire week, the entire previous week, and it also includes journaling prompts to help you get the information from your head into your heart and process how relevant it is for your daily life. If you would like that, you can join the email list. Again, those go out every Monday, or you can grab those. The first 50 are available in our Psalms journal. It's only $5. You can get that at shehears.org. And I pray those resources are a blessing to you as we continue on with this study. So Psalm 63, I'm going to start at verse one. And this is a Psalm of David. O God, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live and in your name, I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I will sing in the shadow of your wings. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. They who seek my life will be destroyed. They will go down to the depths of the earth. They will be given over to the sword and become food for jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swears by God's name will praise him, while the mouths of liars will be silenced. That's Psalm 63. And again, I use the NIV unless I say otherwise I'm using the NIV. 
So Psalm 63, the big idea in Psalm 63 is that David is in this dry and parched land. And I think we can identify that because we all have dry and parched lands of problems. And what we're seeing by David's example is that God's love is still better than life, even in the midst of those seasons. The key themes for Psalm 63 is really when we are famished, spiritually famished, our satisfaction for that craving only is fulfilled in God because God's love is better than life. Psalm 63 fits into the category of lament. And we've talked a lot about the laments. A lot of David's Psalms are laments. And we we went into depth about what laments are in a previous episode. But this one kind of falls into this subcategory of a prayer song where he's talking about being persecuted and accused. The background of this psalm is it was written at the time of Absalom's rebellion. And there's a couple of reasons we know that. Um, if you go back and you read in 2 Samuel, you can see the parallels between what David's saying he's experiencing and the things that were the events that were recorded in 2 Samuel. During this time when David was fleeing from Saul, so remember King Saul wanted to kill David, he was on the run. He spent time in several places in the Judean wilderness, and and this is called the Desert of Judah. And it lies between the Judean hill country and the Dead Sea. And so the context of this is he's literally in this wilderness, the desert, and rainfall is so minimal And some of those regions are so arid, like in this eastern part especially, that the area is called a desert. But it's not like what you would think of a desert with sand and sand dunes and that kind of thing. It's a wilderness, essentially, that is very, very dry. So I don't know what we would liken that to in the States. Maybe maybe like parts of the West, parts of Arizona, where it's like not sand desert, but it is dry and arid. And... So so what we're seeing is David is in this place, literally. He's literally in a place that is dry and parched. And he's liking his literal thirst to a thirst for God. Um, he was in a, in a place where he was weary and exhausted from being on the run. And he is longing for this place of sanctuary. And not just sanctuary in terms of being in the temple and and like what we would think of when we talk about the sanctuary but really sanctuary as far as rest yesterday we we read about him seeking soul rest he's seeking the safety of god the sanctuary of god and the actual temple the actual sanctuary was not yet established in jerusalem and so we know that he's talking about his relationship with god and then maybe even longing for the actual temple that we know that he's eventually going to be a part of building. And just as a reminder, there's a lot of um, war and warrior type imagery that we see in David's writings. And so when he talks about the sword, um, he's talking about literally feeling like he's on the run for his life, because that's essentially what he's doing. And I think that's important backdrop to understand as we are reading through this psalm. Overall, I think this is a psalm that that can relate to believers today, and it's something that we can even pray because it describes this deep longing 
for God. And that is a longing that can only be satisfied by a close and personal relationship with God. And so I always say this, especially when I'm teaching children, um, that, that we were all created with this God-shaped hole. And I will put, you know, how you put your fingers together to make it like a heart. When I'm explaining this to the kids, I will put this heart-shaped hole over, over my chest and say, you know, we are all created with this God-shaped hole. And we try to fill that with all sorts of things, with, with um, money and wealth and power and status and relationships and sex and alcohol and the list goes on and on and on social media whatever it is and and the reality is is until we allow God's spirit to fill that hole it's it's just like a vacuum it's not going to get filled up you can try and maybe even some of those things would temporarily fill it like um it may have this appearance of being filled but it's not going to last that's that's temporary at best and I think about that when we read this psalm because it's this longing that I think is common to the human experience because we were created for a relationship with God. And so for believers, for people that claim to know God, it's important to examine ourselves to just kind of ask ourselves these questions like, do I really have this strong desire for God's presence and even his purpose in my life? Am I in this place of longing him? And if I'm not, why not? If I'm not longing for God, what does that say to me? You know, perhaps where am I spending too much of my effort and time pursuing other things? And then also, am I going through my life with a focus on things that are temporary, things that aren't going to last, things that once once this life is over, that, that they all fall away? And and that is a key indicator of perhaps maybe why we are not hearing God's voice. If we're not, that's the place that we have to start with. We have to examine. And it's not just enough to come to faith in Christ and just, okay, we prayed this prayer one time, so we're going to heaven. That's that's essentially fire insurance, you know, so you don't go to hell. But the, the Christian experience, the Christian life is about so much more. It's about this relationship with God that is so fulfilling, that fulfills us we in a way that we were created for where these other things are all just temporary pleasures and so um this psalm can be a prayer that we pray even though our situations might be different than what david was experiencing as he's fleeing and he's in the wilderness we can all identify with this idea of thirsting after god okay we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we'll dive into the rest of this episode stay tuned And so in verse two, when he says, I've seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory, he's essentially talking about how he has already seen Yahweh at work and experienced his relationship with him. And I think that's important because if we have come from a place of true relationship with God, where we have experienced what it's like to, to be filled up and overflowing with, with, by God's spirit, um, I think that changes things for us because it helps us to recognize what that feels like, what what we should be chasing after, so that when you are not in that place, when you are in a dry season, you can look back and think about the times that God has been at work in your life, and it's like a stepping stone for you to stand on, a foundation stone for you to stand on and say, okay, God, I know what it's like to experience relationship with you, and I'm longing to be in that place again. And I think that's the key for us, is being in this place of longing to be in relationship with God. 
uh, verse three talks about how because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. And so here David is convinced, most likely because he's had this Yahweh experience, this relationship with experience previously and up until this point, he's convinced that life without God's love is not even worth living. And I think that's an indicator of of a goal for us to get to a place where we recognize that you know, we could be chasing the career or we could be chasing these uh, relationships or, or whatever it is. But without God fulfilling that longing, we're going to always be left longing. We're always going to be left wanting more to, dr- to be driven to go higher in our careers or higher in our um, education or higher, higher, you know, you want a bigger car, a bigger house, whatever it is, because all of those things, even that, that feeling of accomplishment when you work for something, it's temporary. It's if we're not chasing after God and allowing God's spirit to fulfill that desire, that longing that we have as a foundation. Verse four, I, I want to just point out because um, I think it's important. It says, I will lift up my hands. And it's talking about this gesture of worship as a symbol of not just surrender, but reaching up to God, like this um, expression of just desire and longing to be filled up. Okay, God, lift up my soul, fill me up. And I say that because sometimes, depending on where you fall theologically, sometimes people are critical when they see others raising their hands in worship. And if you were raised in a more conservative church or, or, you know, faith background, you may feel that way. But I just want to point out that we see this validated throughout the scriptures where it's not about being showy. It's not about um, anybody else seeing what we're doing or anything like that. It's an expression and an overflow of our heart where we're saying, okay, God, my hands are outstretched. I'm longing for you. Fill me up, God. And so my encouragement is, is if you were somebody that might be critical of other people as they're lifting up their hands in worship, I want you to examine your heart a little bit with that. And I want you to look at the, the example we see in scripture where David is lifting up his hands in worship and uh, maybe check that a little bit. And I'm not saying that you have to do that, but I'm saying guard your thoughts when you are judging other people for doing doing something similar. So that was a side note. Just want to point that out. <laughs> um, as a charismatic, I... Um, you know, have seen all opposite ends of the spectrum with that. And I just always am hesitant to judge somebody else's worship experience. Now, if they're doing something crazy, that's, that's different. But, um, lifting up the hands is a very simple expression that we see throughout the scriptures. So in verse eight, let me go down to verse eight. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. I want to mention that we've talked about the right hand before in depth. So you can go back and listen to previous episodes that talks about this, but this idea of the right hand in Deuteronomy, there's a verb that's translated here as cling, where it's talking about Israel's intimate relationship with God. And so the right hand, which is usually the stronger hand in scripture anyway, it's talking about, um, it's really showcasing God's strength or even God himself. And so this is talking about the right hand of God, meaning God's whole being in the context of the relationship between Israel clinging to God. And so if he's saying, I cling to you, your right hand upholds me. It's talking about this close, intimate relationship where God's right hand is, is strength and, um, 
supporting him in, in, in the midst of some really difficult challenges. The experience that David has in the wilderness is obviously, you know, brought about by an enemy that is chasing him, that wants to kill him. And instead of that driving him to a place of depression, I mean, we see anxiety and depression in other places in, in David's writings, but instead of the circumstances, the dry season driving him to say, oh, you know, God's not speaking to me. I don't know, you know, whatever. He's getting to a place where it's driving him to thirst for God. And one of the things we hear about David often is that David was a man after God's own heart. And again, it's this picture of how the trials of this life can do two things. It can either draw us closer to God or it can drive us farther away. And what's the difference? The difference is our relationship. If we are experiencing God and we are driven to long for God, it really doesn't matter what the circumstances of our life are because we can get to a place where we say, okay, God, I don't understand, but I trust you. And we can use these foundational stepstones of our experiences with God in the past um, seasons of our life to help us rely on the faithfulness of God in this next season, even when things feel dry, even when things feel like they're piling up. We can push all of those things away and recognize that our need, our thirst for God is what's going to get us through and, and drive us to the other side of, of that season of wilderness. I think that when the enemy works to try to drive us away from God, there can be two results. And if the result is to drive us far farther away from God and we drift farther away because we're looking at our circumstances instead of the opportunity for God's spirit to intervene, that is one direction. The other, and what we see here with David, is that contrary to what his enemies had intended, it results in their own destruction. It has kind of like this boomerang effect because it drives him farther into uh, dependence in his relationship with God. And I think that's the key takeaway for us. The situations, the wilderness, the dry seasons of our lives, it can make us long for God more. And then the prayer of our heart is, is God, this is a dry season. I am longing for you. And that can be the prayer of our heart instead of I'm thirsty and you must not be around because I'm thirsty. The, the difference is, is the posture of our heart. The difference is based and entrenched in our relationship with God. And that's why it's so important that this is not just, okay, I open my Bible, I read through, I close my Bible, and I don't understand what it has to do with the rest of my life. That's why I'm such an advocate for slowing down, meditating on God's word, understanding what it says, so you can recognize the way that God wants to operate in the same way in your life today. Because what we know from the scriptures is God's character and God's nature does not change. And so the way he operated with David is an example of how he wants to operate with us. So I'm going to go ahead and read it again. And hopefully that brings you some insight as we read. Starting back at verse 1. O oh God, you are my God. I earnestly seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I've seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed I remember you. I think of you throughout the watches of the night. 
Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. They who seek my life will be destroyed. They will go down to the depths of the earth. They will be given over to the sword and become food for jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear by God's name will praise him, while the mouths of liars will be silenced. God, I thank you for the example that we see in David. And with holy hands outstretched, we say, God, we long for you. We long for you, for your presence, for your provision, for your protection, but most of all for your spirit to indwell in us, God, so that we could sustain the dry and weary seasons of our lives. Lord, I pray for my friends that, that feel like they might have be, be going through a dry season. God, would you intervene on their behalf as they approach you with open hands and open hearts longing for you, God? I pray that you would make your presence known in such a real tangible way that it would be undeniable that, that this vacuum that they been trying to fill with all these other things, with wealth, with career, with uh, social status, with relationships, with alcohol, with, with addiction, whatever it is. God, I pray with religion, I pray that you would push all of that aside and overwhelm them and fill their heart up with your spirit because it's the only way we are going to be satisfied in this life. God, help these situations, these dry and weary situations of our lives, drive us to our knees, drive us to a place of longing for you, God, so that you can be present. We can experience you in the sanctuary of our lives, God, that we can understand your willingness and your readiness to step in on our behalf. God, I thank you for your word and the way you reveal yourself, your nature and your character to us. I thank you for your presence in our lives and the way you continually draw us to yourself. I thank you and I praise you in all things. Amen. Hey friend, do you feel like you need a little one-on-one? My goal for the She Hears Ministry, the Hearing Jesus podcast, all the resources that we have is to really help you learn how to hear God's voice so that you can be confident in your relationship with him. And if you're struggling to learn how to identify or even overcome the barriers that you have in your life to growth, I want to be able to walk through that with you. Did you know that I'm a Christian life coach? Maybe you're struggling with something and you need some objective biblical insight or opinions, or maybe you need to work through something that feels just a little bit too heavy to do on your own. I would love to walk through that with you and land on some practical ways to achieve that goal. And so I have some limited coaching opportunities. If you go to shehears.org, there's a section where you can schedule some one-on-one time with me. I have Mondays and Fridays open right now going into the new year. So I pray that if that is something that you need, that you've been praying about, that it would be an opportunity for you to take advantage of some one-on-one time with me. And again, my heart is really to help you lean into whatever it is that God is calling you to do. I pray that that's a blessing for you. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call on your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.